Hi again, everyone. I'm Tim Muma, and you're listening to localjobnetwork.com radio, the place to get job search and career insight from experts. Now, this is I Want to Be A, where each show we finish the title with a new profession, bringing you an experienced guest to give us the inside dish. This edition features a career that you may not have even heard of. I want to be a color consultant. You can start to form your own thoughts on what that might entail, but to get the real story, we have Amy Troutman joining the program. Amy is a senior color consultant for Mandel Inc. and board secretary for the International Association of Color Consultants. Amy, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Well, I wanted to start off just by asking you to briefly fill us in on, on what you do a little bit and what your company Mandel does, just to give everyone an idea of where we're coming from with the idea of a color consultant. Well, Mandel Inc. is a it's an architectural and design company that was started about 30 years ago. They mostly do interior architecture, interior design, and my focus, which is exterior color consulting. It's morphed over the years within the industry. And the way that I got into the exterior color world is just there was a niche for it. The builders were building so massively here in Colorado mm-hmm. that they really needed something that was you know, that that would make it look nice because we were doing beige everywhere. So (laughs) they started the exterior color part of the company, I would say about 13, 14 years ago, just to fill that niche. Okay. So that's a little background about Mandel. So for yourself then, was this something you thought you'd always get into? Did you have an interest in, in colors and find out how all work together? And what really attracted you into this industry, either from an early age or, or as you progressed? Well, I would say I've always had a love of color from an early age. I was always wanting to paint my room, change colors of everything. I really was into just the subtleties of color from an early age. However, I never envisioned it actually being a career. (laughs) It was really something that I have to say I fell into. I interned at this company 12 years ago and didn't even know that an exterior color consultant existed until I started here and they were, they had been doing exterior color for a couple of years by that time. And I just saw it as a a niche that I really liked. I really liked, you know, selecting colors, seeing them implemented in communities and seeing that vast change from, like I said, from beige to all of a sudden we have this beautiful color mix throughout these communities that really made a difference. Right. So it was not something that I ever saw myself doing, but I absolutely love it. It's it's really a fun career, but I also think it's not very prevalent out there either. It's usually under the umbrella of an architecture company or a design company. Sure. So if I can ask then, what exactly were you looking to get into or were you doing that? You, know, you said you kind of fell into this niche, if you will, but were you looking into architecture or just design in general? How did that all kind of come together? I was looking for an like interior architecture and design company. Okay. So I started here as a design intern specifically for interior design and then sort of morphed into something different. Right. Now, would you say that's going to be a typical pathway for people who might be interested? I mean, not necessarily exterior, interior, but just in general, if they're looking to be involved with the idea of colors and design on, on this side of the table. What would you say is the a general path or education that they could be taking to look into this as a career? Typically, most, I would say a good majority of color consultants either have an interior design background or a fine arts background. Oh, okay. So they've either gone down one or the other of those paths. 
very rarely have they gone down an architecture path and then decided they wanted to be a color consultant. Sure. Most interior designers, they're trained in color theory in school as well as fine arts. But I definitely feel like that education within school needs to be expanded upon as they, if they feel that's the, the path that they're led down. And mm-hmm. there's lots of educational pieces out there. The IACC offers one. There's lots of, of additional curriculum that you can get to um, further, your, further your knowledge in color. So if you were going to, you know, obviously you have so much experience within the industry and, and you have your own path and how you got there. If you were speaking to a number of job seekers who might be thinking that, hey, this could be something I want to do, what would you suggest they do in terms of that, maybe that initial education and then going into these sort of extracurricular ways to learn the business and learn the industry? I would definitely suggest researching the industry. There is a lot of key players in the industry that can give you a lot of advice. I definitely think that you should pursue the extra curriculum. That gives you a, a really good jumping off point. So it gives you a really good base curriculum, gives you really good theory. Like I said, the IACC is a really good building foundation. And from there, try and partner yourself with an interior design company, or there's lots of people that go out and do it on their own mm-hmm. and provide it as just a sole company. And I've seen that's pretty prevalent as far as color consultants go. It's, it's a lot of individual people that start up their own business doing that because it's not, you know, offered a lot. Right. You mentioned this a couple times and I wanted to ask, and maybe there's not a, a good answer for it, or maybe everybody has their own definition. You mentioned the idea of color theory. What does that mean exactly? And how does that work when you're talking about exterior or interior design? Color theory is a lot of, you know, color is not just black, white, red. There's a lot of psychological effects that each color can bring out in a person. There's a lot of emotional effects, so many different things that you don't necessarily think about when you think about a red dress, but it's the emotional reaction, the physical reaction, the psychological reaction to each individual color. And understanding that color theory and the philosophy behind it really equips you to work with people to understand, you know, they have a real aversion to blue. Why might they have that aversion? Is it something that they had a blue house when they were a child? Is it a psychological effect or is it just something else. So really understanding it from that viewpoint Mm -hmm. is a necessity working with clients. I definitely want to dive into that a little bit as far as working with individual clients and maybe how that looks uh, when you're working with someone. But you mentioned the idea of psychological, emotional sort of, uh, you know, reactions to colors. Are there general ideas, general thoughts on, you know, this color creates this sort of feeling and this color often brings up this emotion? What are some of those basics maybe that people would be interested in hearing about? say a lot of the most basic ones are red. It has several connotations. It evokes anger, it evokes love, but psychologically it can also increase appetite. Mm. You know, it can create a, like if you paint it in an office, it can actually agitate the people that are meeting in that room. (laughs) That's good to know. (laughs) Which is, yeah. So we often say, don't paint your conference room red unless you're in there for a very short period of time, because it can agitate the people that are going to be meeting in there. Do we know, I mean, do we know why exactly that that tends to be? I mean, is that just research that's been done? It's research that's been done. Yeah. A lot of it, you know, the president of IACC, he's been a lead person on that, Frank Monkey, And 
I definitely encourage anybody that is looking to become a color consultant to really research him and, and understand a lot of that scientific background to color. Sure. So you say don't paint the conference room red. What color should we be painting it in most cases? <laughs> what are good colors? Well, there's several good colors. It depends on the feeling that you want to achieve in the room. If you want to have a very calm conference room, you know, doing a, a soft, clear blue is good because it's that's also going to allow the people to stay in there longer. But the soft blues do also make people have a feeling that they're colder than they actually are hmm. just because of the, the thermal inclinations of it. Sure. A pale orange, like a clear pale orange is good because it's a very neutral color. It doesn't really anger people. It doesn't really make them feel cold. It's a really nice warm tone that enhances any space, really. Well, I think, you know, I think that side of it's very fascinating and many people probably ignore that or wouldn't even think of that. So I appreciate you talking a little bit about the basics there. How about on a day-to-day basis, if you are working with an individual or a group in some way, how does that work as far as the the give and take and, and some of the things you'd be doing and preparing for? Or just kind of walk us through a typical day or a typical project when you are looking to consult with with a group or an individual. My consultations with builders are a little bit different than if I were to do residential. So I'll start with the builder side of it and then I'll move into residential. So for builders, it's much different. It's very cut and dry. They have a very clear marketing vision Hmm. for their project. Mm -hmm. And most of the time that's led by an architectural style. So for example, you know, they want to create a Tuscan villa. Well, when they say they want a Tuscan villa, that automatically triggers thoughts of color for you in your head of, okay, I know what Tuscan colors are, but how do we kind of bridge that? So builders are very direct. They have a very clear vision for what they want, and it's your job to just actuate that and make sure it's as visually beautiful as possible. Homeowners, however, is a very different animal. They have a clear vision, but they cannot Typically, they cannot get that vision across to you. What I do is before I even meet with them for the initial consultation, I ask them to have concept images just to give me a vision of where they're at um, mentally so that when I come to them with colors, I can easily have a package prepared for them that I feel like fits their vision but also fits their personality. It's good to kind of do that background investigation with residential because oftentimes you'll get to the appointment and they'll say, well, I kind of think I know what I want. I don't know <laughs> if they've done that homework prior to you to you getting there. It saves you a lot of time and a lot of effort because you can see where their mindset is and design around that. Right. So do you have any good stories you could share with us as far as working with a residential or builder, I guess, either way, uh, in terms of sort of that back and forth or how you started someplace and one another or any any interesting stories? I mean, I imagine you have to have one or two from your time. Oh, I have a lot. <laughs> you know, I have one that just really jumps out at my mind. All right. I work on an architecture review committee, which is a homeowners association, and I I sit as a chair on that as well. And we had an incident where a homeowner submitted colors and was approved. This is prior to me being on the committee Mm -hmm. um, for a teal and purple home, which interior, that's wonderful. (laughs) However, on the exterior, it just really did not work within the community. 
it was really, I mean, it was definitely no- noticeable. Yeah. The colors are very skewed in this neighborhood. <laughs> but to no fault of hers, she painted these colors because they were approved. Uh. Well, I was actually hired because of this situation because after it was painted, everyone realized, oh my stars, this is not quite, <laughs> this is not what we wanted to, to have. So I was brought in as a mediator to reach a amicable solution that still incorporated her original vision, mm-hmm. but complement community. So needless to say, we still have a little bit of teal on the house, <laughs> uh, not as much purple. It's more taupey colored now. I have to tell you, it was probably the, one of the biggest challenges I've had in all the years I've done this, just because it was such a wow moment. Right. Number one, who would ever approve that in their <laughs> right mind? I have no idea. But um, yeah, finding the solution for that when the homeowner was very passionate about it and very felt very led that that's what she wanted. But uh, I think she was very happy in the end. I think everyone was happy, but it was a long several months to get to that point. Yeah, obviously, uh, nobody could see my face when you mentioned the color of the exterior, but my engineer was laughing because <laughs> it, 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 yeah, it wasn't pretty. Uh, so how much of this job, especially if you're working with exterior, is having to worry about regulations or, you know, city or community versus the people who want it this color? I mean, is, is that a big part of it or does it just come up every once in a while? Well, with every residence, you have to really be aware of where they live because so often nowadays people live in an architecturally coveting community. Mm -hmm. So each community is going to have their own set of rules. So it's up to you as a color consultant to to know what those are and to be able to design within those parameters. Now, sometimes they're really strict parameters and sometimes they're not. Same goes for residential builders. I mean, with every single neighborhood I've ever done, there's always a design review committee. Okay. You know, a good portion of the time, I never have any pushback. All the colors are approved. But there is that, you know, those rare times where you get a lot of pushback and you have to jump through enormous amount of hoops. And it's hard to tell when that's going to be and when that's not going to be. So it's just bracing yourself and hoping that you have enough knowledge up front and you've done your homework enough to know what those parameters are moving forward. What would you say then is the most enjoyable part of the job or the part that you really love the most? I would say seeing the final product, especially when it's a builder community, because you're not just seeing one individual residence being done. You're seeing an overall huge, you know, 300 homes being completed in your colors. And I have to say that's the most humbling point when you're like, wow, I selected all those colors for all those homes. And it's it's really impactful to see and just to see how they blend in well with the environment. That's one thing that at Mandel we really strive to incorporate is enhancing the environment. So not just standing out from it, but really blending into it so that when you look over the horizon in Colorado, you see the mountains. You don't see a white house against a green background. Hmm. Now, we are getting a little low on time, but I wanted to give our listeners an opportunity to get maybe some insight from you here. When they're looking to possibly apply for a position, to me, this seems a little tricky as far as how do you prove yourself with, I mean, you can understand the color theory and, and obviously everything like that, but what kind of things go into a, a job interview? Are you looking at different examples? Are you offering suggestions for projects? 
Uh, is there anything like that? Is it pretty basic? What would you offer up as maybe some key insight for the listeners who are interested in applying? I would definitely suggest having some work that you've done. That's definitely, I mean, that's one of the first things I look at is a person's portfolio. Mm-hmm. And I want to see how many residences they've done. If they haven't done any, I'm going to want to see a faux project. For example, it could even be their home. What would you select for your home? And okay. have that ready for me to review. I think it's okay to put together you know, a faux palette for a builder. You know, what would you, what would you select? Because I'm going to be looking at that. I'm going to be looking at where your aesthetics lie, where your color eye is. If you can see the subtleties of color, because oftentimes people can't. Hmm. And that's, that's a huge asset that I would be looking for is if you can see that subtlety of color and also know the psychological, emotional effects that each color has. That's a key element. Oh, I think that's definitely some good uh, inside info for our listeners if they are looking into that process a little bit. And what you mentioned there, it made me think of something I've seen in the past, and I'm not trying to start a, a gender war by any means, but do you feel that women oftentimes have a, an advantage here? Uh, you know, we often read about things where you know, men see three shades of a color while women see six, seven. Have you seen that be a little bit accurate? Are there challenges or, or benefits uh, one way or the other? I say yes. Just in my interactions, I think everyone sees color differently. Mm -hmm. I I wouldn't say it's a gender thing. I think everybody sees color differently because I, as a female, see color differently than a female coworker of mine. I think it's how you're trained in color, how you see it differently. So, for example, my husband, who's an engineer, he can't see the differences of reds. It's all red. Right. (laughs) I know the feeling. Those subtleties, those different subtleties, um, and that just, I think a lot of it just comes from training versus a male versus female point of view. I think that's a good answer. As I mentioned, we're, we're low on time here, but I wanted to give you the last 30 seconds or so to offer up some last tip or strategy for the job seekers out there who might be interested. Anything you think would be important to wrap up the conversation with? I would say definitely do your research. Understand the color design world. I think it's a small little niche. And I think understanding that as a, not only like a United States piece, but as a a world piece is really valuable to understand. Understanding organizations like the IACC, knowing what they do, knowing where that value is and just understanding color theory. Those are the basic, you know, jumping off points for this career. And I encourage everyone to be more knowledgeable in that and not just go out and think that you can pick colors because there is a science behind it. And it's, it's good to have a real educational piece to back yourself up when you're pushed into a corner and you're, you're made to, you know, plead your case in a way. All right. With that final message, we will wrap up this edition of I Want to Be A. Again, we're looking into the profession of color consultants. We've been doing that today with our guest, Amy Troutman. She's a senior color consultant for Mandel Inc., also a member of the International Association of Color Consultants. Amy, thanks again for coming on, sharing a couple stories, and also filling us in on the details of this career. We do appreciate it. Great, thank you. And as always, if you want to reach out to us here at LJN Radio, maybe you have a career you're interested in finding out more about, just email us at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. You can also connect with us on Twitter. Find us at the LJN. Once again, I'm your host, Tim Muma. We'll talk to you later.